1: And welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, J.P. John Paz. With me today's very special guest, four-time TNA Women's Knockout Champion. She has been a two-time OVW Women's Champion. She's, of course, ODB. ODB, welcome to the two-man power trip. How are you doing?
0: What's going on, John? I'm doing good. How are you doing?
1: Doing good. What's going on in your world? What have you been up to?
0: Freaking food trucking. That's what I've been up to. <laughs> the food truck business is doing great. It's just, uh, obviously, the... Now it's the fall season so it starts to slow down a little bit but uh, that's basically my life from March until uh, end of October
1: does that you know be does that basically make you make enough money doing that where you you know you're you're in good shape basically
0: oh yes um let's just say I make way more money food truck than I did ever in wrestling <laughs> but wrestling got me to the food truck so I can't uh you know well that's can't great though. all that.
1: That's great though that that you make that much money <laughs> off the food truck.
0: Yes, life after wrestling is doing good.
1: <laughs> with the food truck, how did that start though? Had like how did you start doing the food truck all of a sudden?
0: Well, I got um, left TNA officially. Like my last contract was 2014, and I was uh, just uh, doing barbecue sauce. So I worked with a company, and we made uh, my own barbecue sauce and hot sauce. And then I traveled the country in my airstream. I did. Like bike rallies, Sturgis, Daytona Beach, Gal- you know, Gatlinburg. I did all these big festivals. And then uh, once I, I think I was, I was doing that for a couple of years. And then 2017 is when I started the food truck business. And it was just kind of like one of those things where it's like, I just dived right in and I figured it out. It took me a while, but I did.
1: Now what's on there? What's on the meet and greet? What, what do you have to eat?
0: Well, it's all barbecue. I smoke everything. Um, my fiance does the food truck with me. So we do everything from brisket, pulled pork, chicken, uh, ribs, bologna, you name it. And then we everything is homemade. Nothing is frozen on our truck. And every, yeah, everything. I got beans, coleslaw. We yeah, got a bunch of specialty uh, sandwiches. And everything is obviously wrestling themed. So, you know, you got the Pork Mania, you got the Porky Nachos, the Buff Chick Nachos, the Cactus Jack. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, we have a lot of fun. And, and so we just called ODB's Meet and Greet. And it is always a meet and greet at the food truck. And I'm actually really in, it's a lot of work, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it.
1: When you initially started that, did you think it was going to be kind of as popular as it became?
0: I had no idea what the hell I was doing. So I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, 2020 is when it really took off. Um, it's my second truck. And then we will have another one is coming out next year. So we just keep adding on to the food truck. So it's going to be a big, you know, who, who knows what we'll go into in the next couple of years. But we're excited. We're growing every year. And, uh, and it's, we're based out of Minnesota. So, I mean, I've been to Florida with it. But right now it's going to stay in Minnesota. But you never know. It could go on, you know, a little meet and greet tour. You never know. <laughs> do you have to get some sort of um, like
1: license for each state to do it or no?
0: Yes, because every I mean, I get messages all over like, hey, when are you coming to California? When are you coming to Vegas? When are you coming to Colorado? I'm like, well, there's a thing called licensing. Yes, you need a license. It's not like you drive with your food truck and you pull over and open your window and start selling. Yes, you do need um, a bunch of licenses. Uh, the state of Minnesota is actually one of the hardest for food truckers. Um, so you know the food trucks are good here. And, yeah, you need, you know, permits every city, every county you go to, every state, obviously. And then you need your food safety, management, certification. You have to know it, and you have to, yeah, it's um, it's not like those taco trucks you see on the side. Of, I would watch out for those. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or like those hot dog stands that just pop up during lunchtime in certain areas.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, if anyone just pops up anywhere.
1: <laughs> are you gonna franchise it out though? Or are you gonna be like, uh, you know, a big conglomerate here?
0: Yeah, you never know. I mean, I'm. I would love to like actually take it on a tour. Um, get like a nice big ass tour bus, and yeah, and just put that bitch uh on the back of the tour bus and uh, see what happens. <laughs> I mean, I would love to take it because I'm a big, um, I like all the bike rallies. I love the people at bike rallies like Sturgis and we'll probably be taking it to Sturgis next year. So that's huge. Um, And then when you do all these big shows, obviously, it's a lot of money up front to do these shows. And then, but you're going to, you know, obviously kill it if your food's good. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I like to, it's, it's a good crowd out in sturgis. a lot of cool people out there and it's a good it's a good time.
1: Yeah, what do they get like 250,000 people for the weekend or whatever? I mean, I know the Sturgis rally is like huge.
0: More than. Yeah, cuz the one, usually when it's an anniversary year, you it's crowded then. They have over a million people that show up within the 2 weeks. But usually it's usually about a half a million, over a half a million that go. Yeah, wow, it's, so you it's could insane. just clean up you've men. never been to Sturgis? Yeah, <laughs> hope that'd be a lot of, that'd be a lot of pork bowl in there.
1: <laughs> you just got to make sure you have enough food. You know what I mean? Enough food to service everybody.
0: Th- that and enough help. Like it's hard to find some good help these days where I could yeah, just book great. a bunch of wrestlers and just have them all come out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that might be a good thing. Have wrestlers meet, literally meet and greet and you could do a meet and greet with the wrestlers.
0: I actually have been starting to do that. We had um, Earl Hepner out here. He did great. And then we had one of my best friends, uh, Lisa Marie, out here. And then we also, next year, uh, my good friend Mick Foley will be coming out to the truck. So that will be a hell of a meet and greet right there. I'm excited that is, for that one.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. The real mm-hmm. reason, though, I mean, obviously the yeah. food truck is great, but we wanted to talk to you about your book. Jesse Cressa is ODB. What's going on oh, with this yeah. new book?
0: This one right here. Jesse Cressa's ODB, One Dirty Biatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, wrote this actually during the shit show we all had in 2020. Um, and I always wanted to write a book and I was never really scared to write it. I just wanted to really just start from the beginning of my life and my story. And obviously through wrestling and then through what I'm doing now and So I reached out to Mick Foley, you know, obviously number one seller, and he actually came to the food truck. I was in um, St. Augustine, Florida, and I just asked him, I was like, how do I get started on writing a book? And he reached out to one of his publishers, Kenny Casanova, and he's like, you do me a favor. Can you help Jess ODB out and writing her story? And he and Kenny said, hell yeah, let's go. So. I worked with uh, Kenny, and it's it was fun. It took about it took about a year and a half or so to get it all finished up, and I'm happy with it. It was uh, it's, it was actually it was really fun to actually look back and talk about stuff, and then I I kind of forgot half the shit I did.
1: <laughs> That's great though, because you can almost relive it. Sometimes the positive, sometimes the negative. But you can almost yeah. relive your life and and talking about the
0: book. Yeah, it was fun, and I want. And two, because I want a lot of the woman wrestlers, too, to read this, and also because I want more woman wrestlers to write books. I was the, I'm was the very first uh, TNA knockout to write a book, and it's a fun read. It's not like, I'm, I mean, I love my time in wrestling, and just it's just fun to see, especially the era I was in. I was in a good era, like, you know, we had fun on the indies. We all paid our dues, you know, had our fun car rides, our traveling was awesome, and then you know, from the OVW days and then to finally making it and then still having a good time in our locker room and just and the friendships I made in this business are freaking awesome. So I talk, I name drop a lot. So it's cool. To like, I think it's fun for a fan to read it. They're going to hear stories that they've never heard before. Oh, so, and they're good stories, you know. <laughs> was
1: it hard getting into the business when you did in the early 2000s? Because it was a little bit of different time for women's wrestling back then
0: it was because i mean back then you had two places you could work at basically wwe and then tna was like just kind of making it and of course everyone wanted to be in wwe you know you do your tryouts i remember sending in vhs tapes of myself and like calling like uh dr tom pritchard was the talent agent you know i call him every week hey it's odb got anything for me nope no we don't not at this time and But just, I mean, the Indies were so different back then too because you'd have a good group of people and you'd drive. Like we did Minnesota, we did Green Bay, Milwaukee, went to Louisville, Nashville, and we had a whole crew. And we just, that's when you learn more when you're traveling. And I don't think they do that much anymore, you know? Now it's like everyone obviously just flies wherever and and they're always on their phones and they don't really we didn't have phones back then. I don't even think. I think we had like a flip phone, but we weren't taking selfies. We weren't posting. And thank God we didn't have internet back then.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe a beeper verse. You know what I mean? That, that, that period. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> when you look back at it though, was it tough just getting in though? Like as far as being a woman, because there was a lot less women's wrestling just in general back then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I got in Because when I started going to tryouts for WWE, I mean, you had Lita, Trish, you know, Jazz, Gail Kim was out there, Lisa Marie. And those were like your top girls. And I was still very green at that time. Like I was probably three or four years into the business. So I wasn't quite ready or developed yet in anything. And then um, just kept, you know, I kept just going, getting out there. So I obviously got out there a lot but then just did indies. And then when TNA um, was in Nashville doing their paper every Wednesday, I showed up every Wednesday. And yeah, cause there wasn't that many jobs. I mean, you, you could make a decent living off indies, you know, if you're, I mean, we're sleeping on, you know, random people's couches, other wrestlers, and you know, we're all helping each other out. But yeah, it's just, it's very different now. Cause now there's so many jobs you can, you know, you can work for all three companies at once. But back then it was, it took me finally seven years to sign my first, you know, contract, wrestling contract. Um, definitely harder back then. But it was also the journey was awesome though. I'm I think a lot of the wrestlers nowadays are missing out on that journey.
1: For sure, definitely. And you did um Tough Enough too, didn't you? Or didn't you try out for Tough Enough?
0: Yep, that was actually my first uh my first uh side like my first big wrestling kind of, that was before I actually started training. That was back in 2000. And was, I already had my wrestling name picked out, ODB One Dirty Bitch. And that's where I met Al Snow and uh, Mick Foley. And I have a great story in the book about those two. And um, I made it to the top 25, but didn't make it onto the show. But I'm so glad I didn't. I look back then, I'm like, who knows where I'd be now. <laughs> i <I'd> probably... <laughs> And I'd be a totally different person if I would have made that show. But uh, but it got me hooked, more hooked. I mean, after that, I came home to Minnesota and Googled wrestling trainers. And then uh, Eddie Sharkey is a legend out in Minnesota. He trained the Warriors, Mr. Perfect and Medusa. And called him up and gave him 1200 bucks, and started my wrestling training. <laughs>
1: It's amazing that you found Eddie Sharkey because obviously know, road wars, Mr. Perfect. I mean, there's so many like awesome names that are associated with him. That's awesome. Like, did you know the history of him? Like when you found him?
0: Yep. I did. Cause once I, cause I was Googling way before that, but then I was serious. Cause I was like, well, where is his school? And it was in a warehouse in St. Louis park, Minnesota. So it's basically you had Sean Devari was there. Austin Aries were the big names there. And, uh, and then Eric Cannon, um, and then all of us just kind of you know clicked together, and we re- I mean five days a week we were there, and you know I remember four o'clock in the afternoon till about ten at night, and then we went out to like Subway afterwards and talked wrestling.
1: <laughs> With him though, I mean obviously a you know, legendary trainer. Does he help open doors for you as you're you know as you're trying to advance?
0: He nope. No, there was no, like, he never really, like, helped then. He just basically just got me into the indie scene and kind of, but it was never, like, you know, he didn't take me backstage or nothing. I was never doing that. But, but no, he got me, you know. He he opened one door, right?
1: Very true. Yeah. So how did you end up in OVW? Like, how did you end, you know, obviously after Tough Enough, how did you end up getting noticed and getting into OVW?
0: I remember, um, because that was 2005 I went to OVW. And I was just, um, I lived in Nashville for a couple of years because I was going to the TNA pay-per-views every Wednesday at the Nashville Fairgrounds. And then I remember I was um, I was talking to some wrestlers and they're, they're like, well, if you have nothing going on, I would suggest, you know, go to OVW and be seen. So I reached out to Al Snow and he's like, just get down here. We'll figure it out. So him and Danny Davis actually let me train in the contract class and I didn't have to like, you know, I was, I wasn't getting paid, but they let me in. Normally that's not allowed, but I was lucky enough to be that, you know, person because Al Snow believed in me and so did Danny. And, but I just never got, never got that call up from WWE.
1: You said, you know, you knew who ODB was, you knew the character. Just explain it though. Like who is ODB? Like the character and the gimmick.
0: <laughs> well, like everyone said, it's, it becomes you with the volume turned up a lot, you know. Um, I obviously took a while to develop. I always had the name, but I didn't necessarily have the persona yet. But in OVW, Al Snow just said, who is ODB? Who's who's one dirty bitch? Let, I want to see her. So I really let it out in OVW. He's like, just go. And if it's too much, I'll let on and I'll say, hey, back it up. But he was like, no, keep going with it. And he really... Like, just the promos and just... And then once I hit TNA, I was already pretty much polished up with one dirty bitch. I just had fun with it. I don't even know. Like, it was just some... I mean, a lot of people say I was this crazy drunk bitch, but I don't know. (laughs) I I think I, too, like, I didn't... I was really passionate about my character, and I was so different. And then there's times where I didn't really give a rat's ass. I just wanted to test things, like... You know, if I get in trouble for grabbing my boobs for so long and it's just little stuff like that. You know, I got like, you know, a little slap on the wrist here and there, but it all
1: turned out good. (laughs) Was it your idea with the flask and doing like that, that stuff with the, the, you know, the the drinking and stuff?
0: Yeah, because I was doing the whole beer gimmick, but that's, you know, Stone Cold's thing. And then I did it. I didn't even tell TNA what I was doing. And I remember James Storm was there, so I couldn't do the beer thing because that was his gimmick. So I didn't want to piss anyone off. And so I had a flask, and I was like, mm, I'm not even gonna tell anyone what I'm doing. So I had it in my back pocket, and then I walked out with it. And then they were like, Hey, it works. Keep keep doing it. So I took I took a chance, and not many wrestlers do that because people are always afraid to get in trouble. And that's the one thing I didn't give a I, I didn't care. I I got in trouble here and there, and I really didn't care. But I still, you know, uh, I stayed true to myself.
1: (laughs) Hey, it fits the character, right? I mean, you got to do what fits the character.
0: That's right, yeah. Yep.
1: (laughs) How'd you get in TNA, though? Like, who who noticed you? Was it Russo, Jarrett? Like, how'd you get noticed and get brought back into TNA?
0: Well, they always knew, because Jerry and Jeff Jarrett, when they first started TNA, they knew of me. And then once they started, um, they got the women's division rocking in 07. And that's when they all started like, all right, we got to pick our girls. And then um, Gail Kim and Tracy Brooks were already there, but they weren't wrestling really much. They were just here and there valeting. And then they're like, let's do a women's division. Let's get this going. And so those two, I was very close with them. And they're like, let's get ODB here for sure. And then uh, Terry Taylor reached out to me and i was at ovw i remember i was actually the woman's champion and then i um terry called me and he's like we'd love to have you be a knockout we're gonna send you over a contract and then that week triple h was actually at ovw so i was 07 and he watched me perform and i was so nervous to like go up and talk to him so i go up and talk to him introduce myself and he's like I, you know he's like I, I love the character he's like it's very he's like damn too bad you weren't in the dx days you know and he's like i love it but unfortunately the top guys are not like obviously vince did not like myself or my character and he was like take that opportunity you have for tina he's like i think that'd be very good for your career so thanks triple h <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's some great advice from Triple H. He's trying to help you and you know and you know, he right. could have you know, he could have said something different, but he was trying to help you out.
0: Right, yeah, he could've said, Oh no, stay here, kid. See what works. But nope, he uh <laughs> he said, Go, go do it. And that was yeah, that was awesome. That was very cool of him to say that. Did I would've kicked uh, his ass if he went to Finuskia.
1: <laughs> Did it bother you at all that Vince wasn't interested? Because he was very much interested in like the diva type, the diva search. Like he was very much one sided as far as like what he wanted his diva division to look like.
0: Yeah, he was. It was frustrating when I was at Obw. I mean, you got like I'm not getting paid, so I had to you know bartend on the side or bones at a bar. You know, while everyone else is you know getting like 750 a week. I think they were back then. And then you'd have these girls that never, you know, didn't know about wrestling. It didn't, I mean, it really didn't get to me that much because I was like, "Eh, I'm not going to be that person, you know. I'm just like, whatever. It's just, that's what they're looking for now. And, you know, but it's, yeah, but it was, it got a little frustrating, but I just used it more and I just said, well, I'll just keep doing me. And, but for some reason they just never, yeah. But now, now I look at, now it's, they're all, Nowadays, it's like they're all different, and which is good. Now they're, you know, it's always weird. They always do, they, you know, one year they want sexiness, and that's all they want. And another year they want, you know, big bad chicks with tattoos, colored hair, and shit. You know, you never know.
1: <laughs> yeah, they always change it up because I remember one time they wanted no indie wrestlers. Then they signed all indie wrestlers. Then they wanted no yeah. indie wrestlers again. It's weird what they they got to go through cycles.
0: Yeah. Yeah, or they want they don't want someone that's already a name, you know. Like, so yeah, they 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 never know what the hell they want, right?
1: <laughs> it's weird because they signed a bunch of like women th- nowadays that can like really wrestle and stuff, and then they went through a period where they signed old models yeah. again. Weird,
0: right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, I mean, women's wrestling is awesome right now. I mean, there's so many so many jobs out there for chicks and yeah, they're definitely working their asses off.
1: Do you look back at the TNA knockouts division when you, like, when you first get signed after Triple H tells you to go there? Do you look at that as, like, the real woman's revolution and not what WWE says it is?
0: Yeah, I do. Look, I mean, you had me, Awesome Kong, Gail, the beautiful people. I mean, you just had, like, God, we all were so different. And we had, and Vince Russo let us be us. And he let us, you know, have characters and they actually gave us time. I mean, we were main eventing, you know, on Impact and uh, having the highest rated segment a lot. And it's, it was just cool. I mean, and then uh, even the boys in the back were all like, damn, you girls can go. And and we were, it was so different though. Like I, we weren't killing ourselves, but we had different kind of matches. Like, I mean, a lot of the girls had cage matches and, you know, the ladder match we had and. We always had street fights. That was one of my favorites, the street fights. So we were doing yeah, we were we were doing that shit way before they would yeah. <laughs> they did.
1: <laughs> a little revisionist Definitely. history by WB, I think. A little bit of revisionist history there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cause I feel like the knockouts was way before and like you said, main eventing and getting good ratings, and then all of a sudden WB many years later. Then they try to take the credit for it. But it was done, you know, 2007, 2008, 2009 right. by the knockout division.
0: Yeah. Right. That's right. <laughs>
1: well, what did you think about Awesome Kong? Because she was somebody that came on the scene was like, oh, my God, who the hell is this? Like, she, you know, she's a monster she, yeah. she, and she's a, <laughs> and a star, a star power. I mean, great wrestler. What do you think about Kong?
0: I, I loved working with her because I've always been the biggest girl. So when I got to work with her, she, it was so easy. It was kind of like the Andre, the giant Hulk Hogan matchup. And it was so easy to work with her. Like we literally just went out and had fun. I mean, it was, and we, you know, I try to, I mean, the whole time I was wrestling her, I was trying to make her crack up, (laughs) but uh, a little technical difficulty there. Yep.
1: We got it. Yep. So, So they always say, like Dutch Mantel, Russo, Jarrett, they always try to take credit for the knockout division, but they (laughs) won't take any, any like the bad stuff. They won't. So who is really responsible for the knockouts? Is it Dutch? Is it Russo? Is it Jeff Jarrett?
0: All right. I think all of them. T, obviously, Jeff was in charge of TNA, so he let it all happen. And then Dutch was in charge of us. Um, So he did help. And then Vince Russo, I think, was my guy because he let the characters out and he let us, you know, he was in charge of all that. So he he really focused on the beautiful people, too, because they were a strong part of the division. And then I also gave him storylines that I wanted to do and he let me do all the stuff I wanted to do. So all of them had a little say in it for sure.
1: That was very diplomatic of you. You kind of yeah. giving everybody credit, yeah. Yeah. What, like, what was it about Russo that, like, you guys meshed well together, and obviously beautiful people as well.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Some I we always clicked, and I would always give him a hard time too. <laughs> like, um, I just I felt um, comfortable with him. Like he was very approachable. Um, unlike some people, you know, office people, where it's like you walk by him and well, they quick put their phone up and then their phone rings when they're, you know, it's up to their ear. I'm like, good one, you know, <laughs> but he was cool. Like he, I just felt comfortable. Like I could say, Hey Vince, I have an idea and I'd actually write it up and I would present it to him. He's like, Oh, that's very cool. Thank you. Oh, um, and then I believe him and Al Snow like we're buddies. So that also helped too. But, uh, yeah, Vin, me and yeah, me and Vince, I don't even remember the first time I actually met him, but, I, um, yeah, we always clicked and then I'd always, you know, we'd always cut jokes with each other and stuff. So yeah, we had a good relationship and we still have a good one too. We always reach out to each other and bullshit.
1: Was he like writing your promos or is he like bullet point and you are, you actually are like doing your own promos?
0: Yeah. He, he would try to write them (laughs) and I'm like, I wouldn't say this, but no, he would bullet points. He's like, here's the thing. He's like, you don't need me to write shit for you. He's like, this is what you're doing. Just get, make sure you get this in there and this in there and that. And I'm like, all right, cool. Then he gives me a few minutes and then I would just do it.
1: Like, yeah. Do you like that? As far as like, because nowadays everything is scripted. I mean, yeah. you know, so do you like the bullet points better? Because it seems like you could be more your natural self if it's yeah. you saying well, the word.
0: Yeah, because then you're natural. You're not like, because I remember my first promo, in ring promo, I was like, holy shit, I was so nervous. And I was like, Ugh. I and not know when I was practicing and stuff and then Jim Cornette came back there and he's like ripped it out of my hand he's like don't do that he's like just be you just focus on and that's he said bullet points too so I was just I always had that in my mind I was like well because what if you know like you're talking to the other person and then you know something clicks where you just say something and then I was always a promo person like I was always you know watch Stone Cold or the rock or kurt angle cut a promo and i would always watch those guys or piper and i was like those guys are quick on their feet and and you believe them nowadays it's like some of the wrestlers i don't even believe like it's just like oh my god it's just a cookie cutter promo or they just literally memorize what they were told to say Uh, if you just let that wrestler just go with it and then talk normal hell yeah that's that's good
1: I hate when it sounds like they're memorizing it because oh, it's, it's very horrible. robotic.
0: And then they're horrible actors. Yes. <laughs> it's like, just just start wrestling.
1: <laughs> With ODB, I feel like, like, you know, like you said, like Russo can't be like, oh, this is what you would say. Like, yeah. hey, there's no way he could tell what you would say. Because he was
0: like, I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, feel like nice that's, I didn't know what I was going to say either.
1: I was going to say, I feel like that's a part of ODB, though. It's a, the unpredictability. You almost, yeah. it just has to flow.
0: Yeah, I I made him nervous a few times.
1: (laughs) Did you kind of just go off the cuff sometimes, or did you kind of have an idea what you wanted to say, or just like, oh, when I get out there, I'll figure it out?
0: No, I had an idea. Like, I was in the zone. I had an idea, basically. And there's times where I did go blank in the ring. I'm just like, oh, fuck, what the fuck am I saying? (laughs) But if you have a good person you're talking to, and all the girls I worked with, pretty much everyone was decent on the mic. So we would just, you know, keep it going somehow.
1: (laughs) What did you think about Cornette? I know everybody has their opinion. of. What do you think about uh, Mr. James E. Cornette?
0: I liked him. I really did. He's good. I Yeah, I enjoyed him. I actually just missed him in OVW. He was just kind of leaving as I was getting in. But he was there when I started at TNA. Great, great brain. Oh, my God. Like, if you were in the locker room with him and you didn't go up to him, Oh, my Lord. Yeah, he's he's been around. He's done it all. Like, yeah, he's I always like him. He's always smiling, always, but I wouldn't piss him off. <laughs> yeah, if he doesn't like you. <laughs> yep. Very, very true.
1: <laughs> very true. With just missing him. So did you have Heyman? Like, who was with you at OVW? Besides no, it Danny was Davis?
0: So L, Danny, and then Robert Gibson from Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, he came in. Yeah, I just yeah, Heyman. I I believe I just missed by a month or so, and then yeah, Cornette was just getting out. So yeah, that would have been cool though to have him.
1: What do you think about Gibby Gibson? Yeah, he was good shit.
0: Hell of a drop kick.
1: Oh God, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, he gave us some good drills to do. No, he was good. He was uh, he always kept. He wanted to hang out with all of us, so it was it was fun. Was there any WB affiliation at that point,
1: or or WB had broken free and went to FCW at that point?
0: No, that was still yeah, that was still them. And then I, no, Florida wasn't made yet. They still had the Georgia one, Deep South. Georgia, yep, Deep South, yep. And then that, and then when I was just leaving to go to TNA, Deep South was just ending. I think they closed the doors, and then those people were coming to um OVW and then when I got in 07 I went to TNA and I think that's when Florida Championship Wrestling was opening up or whatever they called it yeah yeah FCW and it's- then slowly OVW closed their WWE let go of them but they never closed their doors which was good
1: It's interesting OVW was always like the hub though because then TNA was interested in OVW so yeah, right? OVW yeah. obviously was doing something right that everybody kind of gravitated to ovw
0: yeah it's good i mean training under al snow which i think he's so underrated you don't realize like how many people he you know made and it was he has a great mind of wrestling shit and that's <laughs> that's who i owe a lot of my credit for like because he just always told me he's like you're a woman don't wrestle like a guy <laughs> yeah that's the main like He always told us, "Like, stop wrestling like a with a dude with boobs," (laughs) and it was so true. Like, no one wants to see. You know, I mean, nowadays it's a little different, but you're still women. You know.
1: What were you doing that was that he wasn't liking?
0: No, be like. He'd always tell all of us girls, though. He's like, when you guys have matches, still do not girly stuff, but still, you know, don't do like the guys. Like, if you grab a head, do something different. Do. Just add a little uniqueness instead of, you know, obviously we got hair. Not like, eh, pull the hair, but, you know, just, uh, right. Just, you know, change it up, I guess. Yeah.
1: Was that the best piece of advice Al gave to you, or maybe oh, something no, else? He's,
0: shit, he's giving me so much advice. <laughs> he's just like, he, and basically he, he let me be me. And he believed in me, which was cool. And he just said, you know, he's like, go out. He's like, less is more, less is more. He's like, you can go out there and not do shit. Because I wasn't the best, I'm not a technical wrestler. I just had basically my four moves and I worked around it. And that's that's what he told me. He's like, just pick out your four moves, nothing fancy, and just do your thing. He's like, character. He's like, that's what it's all about. He's like, everyone wants to just see ODB go bam uh, and drink from a flask. That's about it. <laughs> Cut me out it, I'll, I'll make a comeback that true, <laughs> though.
1: That's true though because like Steve Austin when he was like stunning Steve mm-hmm. He did all these moves Such a great wrestler but Stone Cold He's more like a punch and kick guy but he was All character and you were way more into him As I mean he's awesome as stunning Steve But so much more into him as Stone oh. Cold I mean less is more right
0: You just wait for that Fez press you know And yep. it's just, just like John Cena Like He had great chemistry Because he would just be like the people would cut him off and he would just fight, you know, from under and he would, that's all he needed. You know, you don't need, when you're a good wrestler like that, And I mean, a smart worker, you know how to, you know, some of these people just want to get their shit in. <laughs> and it's just like, oh shit. Yeah.
1: Cena only had five moves. Remember the five moves of doom? And then he would, yeah, that's all yeah. he had. Yeah.
0: And people were like, oh my God, I can't wait to see it. <laughs>
1: Either half the crowd liked him or half the crowd hated exactly. them, but they were all in, they were all or interested. Yeah. Or
0: he could get that whole stadium; they would be booing them, and he could turn them around, and then they're cheering for him. He was freaking phenomenal.
1: <laughs> Another OVW alumni. Yep. So you got mm-hmm. the got there.
0: Hell Good yeah.
1: point for OVW.
0: <laughs> so in TNA.
1: Were you happy just to be champion? Like, I was kind of curious with the wrestlers. Like, do you want to be champion? Do you care about being champion? Because I know it's different than back in the day. You're not probably getting more money as being champion. Maybe back in the day, like Hogan's obviously, you know, he's getting paid more. But does it matter to you? Because I know the character means more. But does it matter to you to be four-time TNA? Yes
0: and no. It was kind of cool because you knew you were going to be on TV. That was how I looked at it. I'm like, well, cool. I'm safe a little bit. Um, my last run only lasted three weeks. That kind of sucked. So, I was, <laughs> but when you, yeah, when you're champ though, you know you're gonna be at TV. You know you're gonna go more on house shows. So that did. Um, I did enjoy that. That was you're kind of safe that. But um, other than that, I was. I didn't really have to be involved. I was always doing something else. If I wasn't involved um, for the knockout championship, I was uh, you know doing stuff with Ey or They'd always just, I had my own talk show and they just had me do other stuff, which I liked. That's what I enjoyed, like doing other stuff rather than just going for the belt. Like I didn't, I didn't need a title. Like I really, towards the end of me, say I wanted it, you know, I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. Then I'm like, I don't need one. Shit.
1: <laughs> right. It's almost like the character, it's not above it, but it just not yeah. needed at that point. Yeah. Did you like the Cody Deaner stuff when you guys were put together? Because that was so different and so weird, but very, like, Russo-like because, you know, he likes the sports mm-hmm. entertainment. It just fit in with, with his, like, his writing style. But it just felt like, wow, that's something different. Like, what the hell's going on here with Cody Deaner?
0: That was cool. Like, when he came and uh, we did that whole dating thing with ODB, and then um, it was fun because then we finally wrestled for the title, and that was one of my favorite matches because he – put me over good like he because normally if guys are gonna wrestle chicks they're like "Ah, yeah, i gotta put them over he didn't give a fuck like he did great like that was just a fun match he we made sense we told a story like if he hit me i'd be knocked out so we made sure you know we worked like we're still a guy and a girl working you know so yeah it's one of my favorite matches
1: do you think, though, that him fighting for, like, a woman's title is, like, weird? Or are you like, oh, it's actually kind of entertaining?
0: It actually helped the division, I think. Where people are just like, oh my god, this little shit. Like, you know, like he was cool at first, being my little sidekick, and then he comes in and then he thinks he's a woman's, you know, winning, and then I think me then taking it away, I think, you know, or like, yeah, she's bringing it back. So it helped me, too. I think it helped my character. Like, become more of a big baby face where it's like they i grabbed it so i represent the knockout division you know by getting it back to us the girls and not him oh so.
1: was it russo's idea to put you guys together to begin mm-hmm. with
0: yeah it was all him
1: <laughs> did you get along with cody like as far as just yep. you know, b- yeah we're still
0: inside? good friends yeah i like i'm glad he's back on there too i'm glad he now he's with ey so yeah <laughs>
1: Another one that you right. were paired up with, right?
0: Hell yeah! I think I I I need a divorce for me. Why shit? We're still married.
1: Yeah, that's right. I think technically you are right. You guys said the the marriage angle, but it never never had a divorce. Yeah,
0: never. We just went away. I guess both of us just went away. <laughs>
1: He's one of those guys too, very versatile. He could play like the psychopath and like the the killer, oh, but then he could yeah. also play the the comedic role, Eric Young.
0: Oh, he's and he's freaking hilarious in real life. Like, yeah, he can be funny, he's a good worker, and then he can be serious. But I like the old EY. Like I like I kinda like the mixture EY where he was like serious, but yet a little comical, but then once he's in the ring, he wrestles. Like that that was my favorite.
1: What did you think about the pairing with him just initially? It's like, same thing as Cody, like, this is going to be great. We're going to knock it out of the park.
0: Yeah. At first I, we didn't know where it was going and then our chemistry would just worked and they like, all right, you guys cut a promo and we just make each other laugh. And then they're like, oh, we're going to get you guys married. And then we're like, huh? We didn't know how it was going to work, but we uh, ended up rocking that wedding uh, segment. So yeah, it was, it was fun then uh, he went away because he had that fishing show. So then he went away, and then I was kind of stuck, and they didn't know what to do with me, but, yeah.
1: So initially you were like, what the hell's going on with this wedding angle? Not that you weren't for it, but you were, like, yeah, questioning it it was
0: just fast. We were like, ah, is this happening too fast? But then me and EY were like, we got to make this work. We got to make this the best wedding segment ever. So we had, we literally probably only had, like, a week or so when they told us. We're like, Jesus. Cause we don't want your typical, you know, wedding, wrestling wedding to, you know, be ruined, and so we had to. So yeah, we definitely made. I love it. Dave, David Lagana was actually responsible for that one, so he did a good job.
1: Yeah, that was so like different, but funny, but entertaining too. Because yeah. it's like, what are they doing with ODB now? Like, what is it like? You know what I mean? Like they keep stretching the character, doing all this crazy stuff with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I did a lot of shit.
1: Is that almost like a credit to you, though? It's like, throw anything at me. I can handle it, and I'm going to make it work. I did
0: like that. Yep. Showed a little different part of me, and then, yeah. That was fun.
1: They showed a lot of confidence in you, it seemed like.
0: Yeah, that's true. I guess I never thought about that, yeah. Yeah, that, that actually is true, yeah.
1: Because like if, if the person's that versatile, it's like, oh, they gotta put them in this box and that's yeah. it. Yeah. You they take you out of the box and I'll throw her over here, yeah, throw her kind Cody Tina, like, throw Eric Young. They're
0: like, Oh, what to do with ODB? Yeah, I'll put her over there, she'll be fine.
1: <laughs> yep. Like beautiful I mean, people, yes. Yeah. Kong, yes. Gail Kim, yes. Like it's just like Eric Young, sure. Cody know, let's try right. it out. Like, they threw you all over the place.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but as we start to wind it down here and head towards the finish. Are you going to be wrestling anytime soon? Like, will you be continuing wrestling Impact anywhere else?
0: You never know. I mean, I haven't retired quite yet. I do. I think I have one more run in me. Um, you know, food truck season's obviously ending soon, so I need something to do in the winter time. <laughs> but I will be doing like a lot of appearances coming up. Um, my next appearance will be at WrestleCade in uh, Winsome Salem, so I'll be my books will be available there. Um, and my barbecue sauce, so I will be there, and then, I mean, they also have a wrestling show, so you never know, I don't know.
1: Oh, (laughs) nice little tease there. (laughs) I know you popped up in AEW not that long ago, right?
0: Yeah, I was, shit, I did um, a pay-per-view there for All Out, that was like three years ago for something like that in Chicago, forgot about that
1: nwa impact i mean you've popped up in a few places that's uh,
0: yeah, weird i'll just pop up kind of randomly and just yeah i think i was is, at impact almost two almost two years ago now
1: do you prefer it that way just pop in pop out no contract yeah, just do i actually this? don't
0: mind it yeah yeah maybe a little is longer it, this time but i don't know
1: <laughs> is that t- so you have some extra time with the, the, the truck like the food truck
0: Yeah, just to kind of promote it, too, and get out there and then kind of show that I still got it. You know, I'm just not a washed-up wrestler chick.
1: (laughs) Is there any place you want to work that you haven't worked? Like, would you want to work WWE, NXT, something like that?
0: You know what, WWE, I guess, I yeah, I always wanted to, like, go there. You know, maybe because, you know, you got the Rumble. You know, I did get a call for the Rumble, but uh, it didn't work out, but...
1: But that would always be cool. I always
0: want to drive the food truck into the arena.
1: Steve Austin style, yeah.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> so with the the rumble, though, what happened? Like, who called you, and why? how come it didn't work
0: out? Oh, they wanted me, but then, uh, of course, a person upper, you know, upper. Um, nope, sorry, my thing's working here. Uh, but someone turned it down but I did get a couple calls. Oh, okay. All right, I got to move my back screen, I guess.
1: <laughs> so as far as the book is concerned, just give us one last push for the book where everybody can get it now. And then obviously maybe where we can get it in the future.
0: All right. Yeah. Go to odbsmeetandgreet.com on my website. You can order it right from me. You can have it signed, whatever you want personalized. I'll do it for you. Then you can get my barbecue and hot sauces there. So, oh, yeah, and uh, I will be doing appearances, Wrestlecade, where else? and I will be on the Chris Jericho Cruise in February. Oh, nice. That's going to be a hell of a cruise. <laughs>
1: Before we let you go, give us all your social media and everything else.
0: I am uh, at the ODB Bam on Twitter and Instagram, and then uh, on Facebook, follow ODB's meet and greet. And you can, uh, if you're in Minnesota and catch me, you got about one more month, and then we're closing up for the winter in November.
1: Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Everybody get out to the meat truck and get ODB's <laughs> new book as well. But thank you so much, ODB.
0: Yeah, thanks, John. I appreciate it.
1: This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube.